Look, the truth is, all of us here know who you are and what you've done. <sighs> Formerly a Zaft Red with the Le Creuset team. In the middle stages of the war, you defeated the seemingly unstoppable strike. After that, you were assigned to the National Defense Committee's Special Forces Faith Team. And then, they made you the pilot of the ZGMF-X09A Justice. Your name is Athron Zala. <sighs> I don't know all that much about your father. But what I do know is you're pretty much a hero to all of us, especially for what you did at the Battle of Joaquin Due. Huh? Uh, well, I... I also hear that you're pretty handy with a gun. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's now done with Gundam Seed and has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. I'm Dino. Dino. Alex Dino. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take a bite at a crime. I'm trying to to think what Alex Dino's stupid catchphrases would be, Bond style. he's, He's like James Bond, but more angsty. Yeah, and like that's so early um, Craig Bond. Yeah, <laughs> he's Quantum of Solace Bond. Oh no! Oh no! He's the darkest Bond. Did you hear what the next Bond movie is going to be called? No. No time to die. It's a great that's really name. Good. For that a is Bond an name. awesome title. I'm actually kind of surprised it's taking us so long to get there. Yeah, me too. Anyway, we are watching episode seven, Land of Confusion. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't actually remember how that song goes. And- Use them and let's start. I can't sing, so yeah, that's, I'll I'll just edit the entire song into the beginning of the show. You're welcome, audience. Unless you don't like Disturbed, at which point you know. No, too bad. you're welcome. Then, then we'll play the Genesis version for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a what, cover, Zach. Yeah, which, which Is it one? Disturbed really covered. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, which one did you think I was talking about? I mean, I do have wa <laughs> in my notes here, but <laughs> okay. I didn't know it was a cover to begin with. I thought it was a Disturbed song. Period. Speaking of James Bond and not knowing it's a cover, did you know Johnny Cash wanted to do a Bond song so bad he just did a better version of the Thunderball song? No, I've never heard it. And just sent it to them to be like, hey, let me do a Bond song. And for some reason, they said, nah, thanks. That seems like a weird decision. Was it early in his career? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that the way things were going, at the very least, if Johnny Cash said, I want to do this thing, you should have just said yes. I mean, the man basically printed money with his fingers on his guitar. Maybe he didn't like Roger Moore Bond. I don't know. So we are watching episode seven, Land of Confusion. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a bit about the series so far, since we haven't really slowed down to talk, especially since last week we were all sleepy and tired and wanted to get through the episode. So we kind of did it speedrun style. But we've now had our colony drop in Destiny, which I know, Tyler, you were looking forward to. I guess maybe not in Destiny specifically. I was more surprised one never happened in Seed. I mean, we had a Death Star. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we did have a Death Star. Star. That's arguably better. But hey, we finally got our colony drop. I was pretty happy with that we can get a lot of fallout from that, both literal and metaphorical. Yeah, that's this week's episode. It could just be called Fallout New Gundam. I actually, based on the thumbnail that Crunchyroll picked, I actually kind of wondered if it was an intentional callback to Land of Peace. But then we don't get a lot of orb here, which is what that episode was about. I think that was probably just an accident on their thumbnail. <laughs> I don't know, it's Kigali like looking surprised. So Yeah, probably an accident then. Also, I it kind of came up on the Discord this week, but I was planning on talking about it anyway. 
This first section of Gundam Sea Destiny is very influenced by 0083 Stardust Memory. All of Destiny is to a degree influenced by Zeta Gundam, the way that Gundam Seed was influenced by Gundam. I've talked about it before, but my theory is one of the reasons Destiny goes off the rails is they'd already taken a lot of Zeta Gundam for Gundam Seed, because just a lot of Gundam comes from Zeta Gundam. It's where we get, for example, the first Gundam stealing, and it's where Char's kind of a good guy and riding that line, and we get like the first mentor mobile suit pilot relationship. They should have totally taken more stuff from Mobile Fighter G Gundam for this. <laughs> I assume at some point they were like, oops, we already did all this. Oh, no, what do we do? This early arc is kind of a mix of the beginning of Zeta and 0083. Both start with Gundam jackings, pretty similar to this. In 0083, it's terrorists, though, so I guess it's closer to that. Whereas in Zeta Gundam, it's Char Aznable, and he's doing it for good. The good guys end up being the team that steal the Gundams. Oh, that's interesting. That's a novel well, take on it. That's the original take on it. Yeah, that's a novel take on it. <laughs> Whereas in 0083, they steal a nuclear Gundam as a kind of distraction so they can do a colony drop. Okay, so everyone's like, oh no, where's the Gundam and then colony? Yeah. Which again, it doesn't end up playing out too similarly to 0083, but it's got a lot of the same stuff. The villains in that are Xeon Remnants in the way that here they are kind of Patrick Zala's Zaft remnants. One of the reasons that the Zeta Gundam stuff kind of breaks down is at the end of Gundam, you still have major tension between the factions. And 0083 is kind of a backstory fill to explain how those ramped up to a point where now Xeon Remnant are kind of the good guys, which doesn't really work in Seed being a more complex narrative, having a ending where the sides kind of have to mutually respect each other, having a peaceful, more equal ending for the two factions. It doesn't really translate, so you have to come up with a new reason for them to be in conflict. And I'm not entirely sure what that reason is right now. As far as I can tell, based on this episode, which we're about to watch, the answer is racism. I to mean, that was fair, how this first war went. That was the origins of the first war. Yeah, it was a little more complex than that, because there was kind of also like a resource disparity. At this point, I feel it's mostly just racism. Well, I mean, actually, the first war was started because somebody on somebody destroyed the one... Somebody plan. nuked a colony. Yeah, that was the Franz Ferdinand of that event. actually had nothing to do with the resource disparity in the war. It was because that event happened. I mean, that's how it was justified anyway. You can make some comments about, hey, where did they get space seeds to do space farms? But, yeah, I do think it was mostly an ideological war in the first place, too. They've got to respark that, though, because Kira Yamato and Athern did a lot of not-quite-murders in order to bring peace to the galaxy. And then the last Metroid was in captivity, and then, oops, it got out and started, I don't even know, like, sucking the energy out of this statement. All right, moving on. So now we have Land of Confusion. It's another slow episode, which, again, I think we really need. It's got some good parts in it. So shall we just get into it? Yeah, Let's sure. Let's go. So it starts again with some last time, mostly the intense ending of the terrorists explicitly yelling their motives at Shin and Athern <laughs> while they fight to survive. I wanted to be the one to fill your dark soul with light. Your dad was totally right! <laughs> I felt like there was a lot of last time on on this one, and I was like, I, I don't know that it's super necessary. We reused those action scenes if you made them, right? That is true. The problem is they literally reuse them later in this same episode for also like an entire minute and a half. Anyway, the end of it is Athrin and also Shin because Shin's like, oh no, the Athrin start falling into the atmosphere. You can tell because they're turning red. Either that or they're going Super Saiyan God. Well, that did happen in the atmosphere, so. Did it? 
their fight, yeah. They end up, it doesn't happen. They end up in, for the end of the fight. Okay, yeah, no, I was going to say they end and, up up there, but I felt like it started on the ground where Videl's like, I guess I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how this works. <laughs> Accurate. So as Shin's falling with the opening sequence, this opening sequence, we have to enjoy it because it's not going to be around much longer. I love this song. This is my favorite opening sequence, like I said, in either series. Yeah, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but the song's really good, man. It is. It's got, like, that sweet mid-2000s, like, rave techno feel to it. So which Lacus is the Lacus in this opening? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, you don't know there's another Lacus yet. That is true, technically. Keep it (laughs) Technically, I don't. So when the episode starts, we see a bunch of debris burning up in the atmosphere as the Minerva positions to start firing its cannon like they were going to do. Because if they wait any longer, they're not going to be able to. But they still don't know where the Impulse and Zaku are. Without their positions, we could end up shooting at them. Well, yeah, but to be fair, the entire point we're doing this is to blow that thing away. And life I mean, of two people, life of millions of people. Yeah, I feel like that's an acceptable loss at that point. Kigali remembers she has a voice actress, and he's like, oh, but Atherin. When Gladys is like, okay, our mission is... Basically, she comes to the same conclusion as Zack and Tyler. It's like, no matter the consequences, we have to take aim and fire as much as possible. And we see Kigali looking conflicted, but also, I read that as she agrees. But yeah. she wants to say... I feel like she should have an internal line there of, like, Atherin, but she, like, should not speak up. Yeah. So like, that way it will, like, heighten her Definitely conflict. Gives, gives the feeling that she agrees with the decision to take it out because that's what they're doing here in the first place. But she wants to know where her boyfriend is. And maybe that other Shin dude, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Anyway, they shoot apart Junior 7, successfully saving the world. And that's the end of the episode. And then we see Techno Wizard <laughs> Level 1... Shin. <laughs> well, he's just getting ready to her atmospheric entry. It is a little convenient that Zaft equipped all its mobile suits with atmospheric entry technology. On the other hand, we know it exists in this setting, and you can see the tactical uses for it. Well, it also it makes a lot of sense, because that way, if something like this happens, and depending on how expensive the equipment would be, like if it's, it's not actually that ex- if it's not exactly that expensive to put on board then it makes a lot of sense to include it just in case of accidents. Does phase shift armor help at all? I wouldn't think so. It's possible. They did not present it as being helpful because it... Yeah, it didn't help Kira much. Wasn't the Archangel equipped with something very the, similar to the phase shift armor? No, it, and it had, had that applied of shielding. No, I mean, just in general, I thought it also had like the, the phase shift. Or I if it was, don't or think was the Archangel's equipped with phase shift armor. I could be wrong. I was just wondering because, you know, obviously it's bright white. The Zaku definitely isn't, and spoilers, it's going to survive re-entry. <laughs> spoilers are like two minutes from now. This is just kind of a, I don't want to say cliche, but a very common Gundam trope. This isn't the first time we've seen this peril in Gundam Seed, let alone Gundam, but I do like it here where Shin's like, okay, I'm ready. Hey, where the hell is that guy? And we see Atherin's falling before him, and we don't know if the Zaku is equipped for this, even though we've seen clear techno babble from Shen showing the impulse is equipped i like looking at that and you can already see that he's shifted to a position where he's basically trying to use the shield and that's how we saw both the strike and uh, we're seeing the impulse do re-entry and also the freedom when it did it but we did not see how diark and izak did re-entry because neither of them had a shield that's true i assume they did it in one of those little pods i assume they got sent down i don't know you are correct i do like him referencing that the damage might be causing Atherin problem. Yeah, because, because it's like, no longer stable in flight. It's establishing the stakes. It's showing yeah. that, hey, Atherin could survive this, but there's actually a potential problem that might cause it so he doesn't. Meanwhile, they're still shooting at the asteroid. It's making pretty meteor shower. You mean the, the colony? I do mean the colony. Well, it, it became an asteroid. <laughs> 
But we see it from the perspective of the planet falling Maybe down. Maybe you're a firework. And apparently their phase three of re-entry causes them to lose <laughs> their... Um, their camera their for some reason. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. I love <laughs> Luna Maria's like in the cockpit of her Zaku. She's like poking like, out of the cockpit, like standing on the ramp. And it's, where's Shin? It hits turbulence and falls back in. <laughs> so anyway, we get a newscast. It's like, well, the demolition mission was a success, but debris is still going to fall to Earth. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So they show a scene of a bunch of like wrecked cars. Honestly, and I like to believe it was just a car accident. Well, I, I think it might. it's supposed to indicate like these are people that stopped as soon as they could find a place and ran inside to hide. Yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. It was just like chaos. But then everyone's like, oh, no, we have to evacuate. We get an old lady who's like, I'm a I lived in this house. I'm going to die in this house. And your young son be like, no, please evacuate with me. It's time to go. Oh, shoot. Although I think they're actually fine. I think the meteor literally just flies I think it over went the past house. them, yeah. yeah. We specifically found out that places near the equator and the sea are at higher risk. The sea due to tidal problems more than actual debris. being hit by a meteor problems. Yeah. We see a bunch of people trying to get the high ground. We see everybody under the church in the church bunker. And then Haro, we see that Haro and Bertie are in the same room. And Did my you God. have to bring them with you? <laughs> my God, why? Although she only brought one into the bunker. Lacus tries to calm down the children. Kira tries to brood more intensely than Atherin ever could. He's like, you're going to be talking about Kiranks this series, guys. Or as Lacus has it's to be weird that they kids. seem to have, their bunker seems to be like the same size of the escape pods from the <laughs> colony. I actually wonder if they just like repurposed one. Given how big that is down there, it's like, why aren't you guys just kind of hanging out in a big main room and letting the kids run around and play while this is going on? Because it's not like you're in an unprotected bunker like a ditch. So is it ever explained where they get the funding to build Lackus is a rich-ass pop idol, dude. I always assumed that they borrowed money from Kigali and her military projects. I don't know that it ever is established. Okay. Given what I know of the series, they got the money. Or I'm assuming they do. And now I'm thinking about some stuff about Lacus Klein, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did have that warship. We don't know whatever happened to it. She, did she just sell it? <laughs> it's on a local lot. Hey, hey Tyler, there's an, an organization in this series called Terminal. They're going to cause us a lot of problems when we get to them. Terminal. Terminal. Uh, so Lacus starts singing a new song. It's her orphan's song. To try and calm down the kids. Which I actually do like as a touch, and we see them all looking. Hey, Kira's dad's not down here. Kira's mom's here. River Malkio's here. All the kids. Kira's dad, nowhere to be seen. You're well, I, I guess sleepy. it is. They, they didn't reference it, but it's entirely possible oh, that Kira's dad died during the Battle of Orb. <laughs> that would be dark, but, but yes, like, they never. His, his dad does just kind yeah, of You don't disappear. see him after that one scene. Uh, so as Lacus is singing, it is, of course, contrasted with meteors destroying Earth. Even the national monuments, even. Yeah, it's very Armageddon, very disaster movie. We also see the Phantom Pain, Gertie Lyle, that's what it's actually called, also observing it from space above. The druggies get kind of a reaction. We mostly focus on Stella's. The problem is that she does just kind of freaked out about it, which is like Stella's natural reaction to everything. I don't think it's a bad scene, but it's, I think, supposed to show contrast in her character and fails. Yeah, the, yeah, prob- the, the problem is that like we don't really have a baseline character for Stella at the moment because of the way she's been presented so far. To be a psychopath? Yes. <laughs> she's like a bipolar psychopath. Murdering. She's emotionally unstable is her like emotional range. Meanwhile, Dr. Evil, he's not even a James Bond villain. He's an Austin Powers villain. Yeah, exactly. He's Dr. Evil. Still, he's not Dr. No. Still petting his cat. Watching half well, the I, screens. I guess half listening because he's got his eyes closed. That's true. 
We also see Durendal has made it to some sort of command center to watch. Meanwhile, the Minerva has successfully descended and is getting ready to try to retake control. Switching to atmospheric flight. Which means point the guns forward. But their radio is still offline and they can't really get a fix on anything due to all the fragments. And Glass is like, well, find them somehow. Use lasers <laughs> or thermal. And Arthur's like, are you suggesting that maybe they survived? And she's like, well, you might hard, hard to believe after I said fire at will. But I do hope they're all right. Like, I, I want to want believe to they're them. okay. They knew what they were doing. They're main characters. Okay, that is a really cool shot of just this Zaku is just beat to shit. It's burnt. Charred. And then we get the and we get plummeting. The, and we get the compass spinning effect. Which I is don't nice. think that's a compass. That's the altimeter, not the oh, compass. Yeah. And the actor just is like, hmm, this ain't good. There goes my shield, and now I'm uh, spinning. <laughs> Without a booster, I guess that's no way to enter the atmosphere. I, I love the deadpan nature of that comment. <laughs> yep, it's very Atherin. Well, fair, I guess that was probably not a good idea. He has indirectly tried to commit suicide while piloting a mobile suit like five times now, so... But indirectly. Directly. But thankfully, Shin is here to bail him out this time since his girlfriend isn't. He's like, hey, Atherin! And I actually like that he is here referring to him as Atherin-sama, which is a nice, uh, like, turnaround from Shin before. And he's like, hey, I'm on the way. And he's like, hey, the Impulse does not have enough thrust for both of us. Just let me fall. I'm very good at attempting suicide. <laughs> it's like, what's that? I'm very, I'm very shonen right now. <laughs> I'm very good at being a martyr. Are you saying that the Impulse doesn't have enough Impulse? Yes. I uh, do. I, but, but luckily, the pilot is impulsive. You know, Shin comes in with his shonen comment of why are you insisting us on telling us what can't be done it's like well because i've seen the specs so well i'm i like that he's like the reasonable veteran shin is the young guy who's like i can do anything it makes for a really good contrast and nathan's like what would you rather i tell you then he's like something like help me you bastard which i love Athern's reaction to that he smile <laughs> he's like uh was that what you prefer he's like no that's just an example that's what i would say <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the Minerva picked them on, on sensors. Visual in five, four, three, two. It's hey, they're both. buddies. <laughs> the Zaku is okay, too. We have to have a conversation about what constitutes okay. I mean, he's not dead. It didn't explode. We get a happy Kigali. We get a reason for why they have signal flares, because they still don't have radio. All their other systems are down, so they can work like this. They're like, we better catch him quickly, because we're about to hit the ocean. I wish they, on, in the shot of... Atherin and Shin coming over the clouds. I wish they'd shown them descending because, like, they've already presented that they don't have enough thrust, so it just gives the impression that, for whatever reason, they do. I assume that they're just gliding at this point on their non-existent well, wings. But they're not descending, which is more of the point. Since they don't have wings, they don't really have a way to glide. They have a way to fall. Shit's fine. I'm not saying it's yeah, like a also huge problem. Yeah, also they land really lightly. Yeah, I, I wish they showed... Well, I mean, I could actually understand that. I just wish they showed a little bit more of, yes, they are descending. The Minerva is also falling, so it's even possible that they match speeds without us seeing, but... On this particular frame you posit on, I like how grumpy Athrun was before he notices Kigali. He just, like, gets on and he's like, ah, all I, these rookies. Oh, I like that Luna Mari is there to greet him, and Kigali shoves her out of the way. <laughs> I, I like Luna's expression. It's great. She's like, I saw the way you were looking at him. No! Bad Luna. Now that you mentioned that, that kind of happens again later this episode. I didn't even connect that. Atherin smiles. has got a budget on his face for this one. They're about to have a moment when there's a rumble. And they're like, come on, what is it now? Turbulence? You, you guys are still falling through atmosphere. But they actually say it's like, probably the fragments are falling. So Atherin and Shin have a sad flashback to five minutes ago where people were talking about Atherin's dad. 
And that's when I was like, damn, I almost got away without angsting. Okay, so we cut to space. The plants. So these are the plants. These yes. are the plants. Okay, so that's what I thought these were. These like weird conical dumbbell things. things. Yeah, they're all attached to each other in some way. It looks like they're like kind of anchored together in space. Okay, I'm on board with that. How the hell did they destroy Kira's plant without destroying all the other ones that it was attached uh, to? Heliopolis the... is not actually a plant. It's a co- space colony, but it's separate. It's yeah. it was Orb's colony. The, the so plants it was, are... so it doesn't follow the same pattern. Yeah, the plants are basically a nation. That's where Zaft is because like Zaft is nation. the military. I, I think it's actually an analogy. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're that's a flotilla. What, that's what is presented in the first one. Zaft is the army of the plants. Heliopolis yes. was actually part of Orb. I assume they all had the exact same space station layout. So, and you never see the plants. Like, you never zoom in on one of the plants into plant waterfall. Yes, what? you do, actually, a couple times, specifically with the government plant. Like, we have that massive elevator in the center there that people would ride. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I don't ever remember, like, a zoom in. but And I think it's Heliopolis in the first episode. It's been so long, so you might have forgotten. I think it's actually shown solo. Like, yeah, I think it is so Yeah, and that's why I was confused what these things were, because they're, like, an entirely different shape, and I just somehow never picked up that context. So now I know. So we see a very silhouetted, uh... Yeah, why is Lacus there? Lacus Klein with a very pointy nose with the chairman. That's funny, she was just in a bunker. Anyway, Dorenz was like, uh, so the real problem is gonna be what happens now. And then he smiles about it. And then I he was, smiles cryptically. Like, that is, it's, a, it's supposed to be a smile, but it does not look like a smile to me. That was not my first impression. It came off as like a sadistic smile almost, but... Then we get the eye catch on that very innocent action from a guy voiced by Char Asnable. So the Minerva lands on the water. It's a little bit of a crash landing. The... Any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. No, there's something to the effect of, like, the helmsman's like, oh, no, it's harder than the simulation. And Gladys is like, do something about it. And they're like, thanks, Captain. She remembers she has a phone again. He's like, hey, everyone, brace for impact. Luna, if you're standing up in your Gundam, sit down. Oh, you don't have a Gundam yet. Zaku, Zaku. You know, this is interesting because we never saw the Archangel land. It was coming down from orbit. And then it became a And then it was later. on the ground. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. I'm, it, I'm okay with that use of their CG animation there. And that wasn't really a crash. No, it was, it was a bumpy landing, but not bad. I love <laughs> how Mayrin just kind of like melts in her chair there. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a hectic couple of hours at the very least because of the fact that, you know, first they had the whole thing of getting out of the plant. Then they had to go deal with the falling colony. Colony. Then they had to go through actual atmosphere and then land on the planet. And, you also, know, maybe they, some other pilots at, almost died. At some point in there, they had a couple of people they had to retrieve midair because they had fallen through the atmosphere. It's been a day. Mayrin sh- had to adorably dodge Atherin at some point. <laughs> yeah. So there's a shot of basically all the crewmen getting on top of the Minerva to look all at the All like the technical crew because they're all wearing that green jumpsuit. I do like it in contrast to the Archangel that the ship is actually like fully staffed and so we see all these background characters on it. I do like the ones like, hey, I think this is what they call the Pacific Ocean. It's enormous. It's like an ocean of some kind. I mean, they've never been to Earth. It's a nice touch. Uh, the wind a nice is glamour shot in the wind. Shin is being grumpy and not walking outside. It is being grumpy, but I get the feeling that with him, at least, it's trying to reconcile a couple of things because Atherin's clearly a badass. He saw Atherin being a badass. He's definitely a cognitive dissonance mode where he's like, and he's like, why is he with Kigali, somebody he really doesn't like because he hates Orp? And specifically Kigali's family. Yes. (laughs) And when we're seeing that, we see those two framed in the doorway behind it. I just, what was the story that they spun on Kigali's dad's death? Because he went down with the I blowed myself up. 
Yeah, he went down with the ship. I feel like he at least lived up to his ideals. Yeah, but Shin's like, he should have given in. That's Shin's yeah, that's point fair. of view. Yeah, Shin doesn't think that was a good thing, largely because it affected him in a negative way. Yeah, he's manner, like, but ideals are stupid. We like, should just not war. Ideals are a dumb reason for my family to have died. Yeah, that's fair. So Atherin and Kigali are talking, and she's like, hey, are you all right? You don't look great. But Atherin being stoic is like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Any landing you can walk away from. And Kigali kind of starts to press him. He's like, hey, yeah, I was worried. You didn't say anything about it. And Atherin's like, yeah, sorry. And I then, did that on my own. And I do like that Kigali is being supportive girlfriend. Be like, yeah, oh, I mean, I, I've seen you in a Gundam. I know. You're a badass. I know that. <laughs> I knew you'd be fine. It's probably for the best that you went out and helped. I would have been more worried just sitting around with both of us not doing anything. And Shin like overhears that. And I like that he's like surprised that she would say that. And Kigali starts, like, almost going into speech mode, being like, well, it was a terrible tragedy, but, like, it was so much better than it could have been. And also, I'm glad the... It would have been worse if Isaac and Minerva weren't there to deal with the problem. Yeah. And it's it's fully acknowledging it. It's, like, it's not saying, yes, this was a great thing. We did a great thing. It's, like, this would have been really, really, really bad if we hadn't done something about it. But and I then... like that, like, there's clearly tension in all of the Zaf soldiers' face the entire speech. And Shin, of course, is the one who breaks it by screaming at her. He's like, are you idiot? His mechanic, oh, God, not again. It's like, as soon as they find out that coordinators were responsible for this, like, nothing else is going to matter. All they'll see is like, hey, coordinators threw a rock at us. I mean, he's not wrong, and that does suck, but at least they saved the planet. I, I do like the flashbacks that Shin gets as he's talking about it. Well, yeah, because yeah, this is something that clearly is still affecting him in the way he's thinking, because he's like, I have something in common with these dudes. Because he's still clearly holding a grudge. Yeah. But then they spend like a minute and a half on the fight they just had, which also we already had a flashback to earlier in this episode. And I'm not really sure what additional context that is giving. It's just a nice dramatic beat. Instead of staring at Kigali's face for a minute while she fails to come up with a <laughs> response. Because like, you guys did everything you could to stop it. People will recognize that. But Shin's like, of course we did, but it doesn't matter because well, we weren't 100%. Catherine is saying that uh, we did, but pieces still fell on it. But I think it's clearly that's what Shin means. And Atherin, as the mature one, is just able to put it into words. Well, Kigali is an idealist, which you need, but you need someone to nail their feet to the floor a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, it was a global catastrophe. Yeah, the church got blown up. But good thing they had that bunker. That's okay. Malkio's got a backup church. Kira is sad, but like his sister Kigali, his voice actor has disappeared, so he cannot voice his <laughs> well, sadness. He's not allowed to participate yet, which is why, you know, this is this great tragedy. If only we had a dude with an insanely powerful Gundam lying around. Uh, to be fair, I do not think he could have got there in time. Yeah, I don't we know. We know how fast done. the freedom is. It can move at the speed of plot. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it plot can escape speed. the Earth's atmosphere, though. Plot speed. Nukes. It really depends on how good a range those guns it has are. Because it could have possibly <laughs> actually done some kind like of... Like artillery? Well, it could have actually knocked out a few pieces on the way down. Oh, like, what remember seen that one episode already. where Goku, Kamehameha, Gummy <laughs> Haas, a meteorite back into space? Well, I, I, like, I get the feeling that Kira could possibly do that. Like, he could actually do some damage to a few of the pieces that were falling on the planet. So, this is a complete tangent, but speaking of gum gum pistol, no gum gum, um, I was going to go watch this episode on the crunchy rolls and one of the like random front page articles that it had up was like is one piece gonna end within five years i don't know and it had a screenshot of luffy in a samurai outfit what's that about oh yeah this are on the samurai place right now like okay, in the so chapter is luffy oh yeah he's samurai. in a samurai no but he's in a samurai outfit okay 
That's all I wanted to know. He is learning key powers from a Yakuza boss. Okay, okay. I really just want him to gum-gum decapitate someone, so... Uh, he's not very murdery, so... Yeah, that's true. So Atherin, in contrast to Kali's idealism, because they're a good couple, is taking the realistic route of, it doesn't matter that it was just a handful, what matters is they were coordinators. It does to a lot of people. But to a lot of people, it doesn't. And Atherin kind of mopingly leaves the scene. Well, and the problem is the vocal minority is probably going to be the majority of the people who are like, yes, this was totally all of their fault. And so as Atherin's walking away... Uh, Shin tells Athen, the last thing that uh, the leading grader said was, Patrick Zala was right. And I do like that in contrast that Athen was like lying for Kigali's sake, being like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about me because he's the very internal person. And Shin is the one that'd be like, you don't have any idea what's going on in your boyfriend's head. Well, Shin also doesn't realize that like the last <laughs> thing that Patrick Zala told Athen was murder them all. But Kigali was there for that. So she's got flashback. Too. So keeping track of our game, crappy ghost dad <laughs> gets a score of about one and a half seconds. Kira's dad is just gone forever. <laughs> well, he he never has disappeared sh- into the ether. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he never had a dad. I'm pretty sure that, that was, was that, that was another uh, that, those was hired actor. that was hired like like Cuzzy's parents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. No, actually, I was thinking that it was uh just like Kira's mom's boyfriend at the time or something. That seems like a lot more plausible explanation. So Kigali starts to go after Atherin, but first Shin has to belittle and berate her and be like, you don't know a goddamn thing. And Luna gets to see Atherin move and be like, hey, <laughs> hate to watch you go, but... Shin is really a dick to Kigali. Yeah. Well, he's just kind of a dick right now, but... I get the feeling like he's flying around his friends, but with Kigali specifically, that, that's kind of what makes him... Well, like, even all of his friends are getting exasperated with his behavior, which I kind of like. They're like, dude... Take a chill pill. Except for Ray, who's just quietly encouraging him. Yeah. Be like, he, yeah. he won't like say anything when Kali's there, but he's like, yeah, you're right, Shin. Yeah, he kind of is. Ray's kind of like, I just like watching this. And because Ray is big brother, Shin really values his approval, so. So Durendal starts giving a speech about like how, I was going to say thoughts and prayers, but also airdropping all of the aid. So and it's a much better speech than that, where he's like, hey, we're all shocked by the devastation. That is part. That is not part of the speech. <laughs> no. Oh boy! Oh boy! To see all this damage. Oh boy! There's so much damage. <laughs> Even the Parthenon got blown up. But anyway, Logos is watching Durandal's speech. Oh, we don't know their Logos yet. Um, yeah. Jabril and his and uh, his, his conference call buddies are watching and being like, "Oh man, Durandal like one off this. He got right on this, and he's just sending a ton of aid. So like, is the plan still gonna work? And I do like the like montage of like, all, like air the dropping aid things coming in. Yeah. It's a clear indication of we're trying to do something. Although, from a uh, standpoint of somebody who's less than moral, you could easily spin that as he knew this was happening, so he was already ready for it. You know, a false flag operation type of thing. Yeah, certainly it's a possibility. But only a big cynical person would actually think that. I'm a cynic. Or, you know, crazy conspiracists. That too, yeah. He's like, anyway, uh, Neo Ru- fucking Roanoke sent me some real interesting Photoshop pictures. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're even photoshopped. I think these are just like the straight up things that actually happened. They are. And Jibril's like, no one will forgive that after we show the world these. Doesn't matter what he says. Even though it it could be, I think, pretty demonstrably proven that they're a rogue faction, or at least. I feel like you could print that in newspapers and people would be fine with that. Well, I mean, one of the things that would really hurt them is not saying at the outset that this was a rogue faction. If we're going to talk about real history, when 9-11 happened, I mean, it's not like we went to war with Afghanistan, but war came there, even though it wasn't even their government. It was That's a group of people within. 
So anyway, Jabril gives the uh, for the preservation of our blue and pure world, which kind of throws out that theory you read about him not buying Caring the blue that. cosmos bullshit, which I did like when you brought it up. But the more I remember this character's deal, it uh, also made the throwing oh, of the cue ball. Guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It also made the throwing the cue ball make sense, which is where you came up with that. But here it's like, nope, that doesn't track. So we cut back to the Minerva where Athern is Athrangsting in their dark solitude room. The solitude room. Remembering that battle that just happened five minutes ago that we just flashed back to. Thinking about his crappy dad. Redoing the thing that we've already seen three times this episode. Thrashing about like whenever I have an anxiety attack. Meanwhile, Kigali's on the bridge be like, can I say like hi to my brother or the other orb peeps? They're like, nope, interference from meteors is too strong. That's how radios work. And then we cut to the sweet shooting range. Which yep. is apparently set up on, like, I think the bow. Yeah, they've set it up. Luna, Ray, and Mayrin are all doing shooting practice. While Gladys is like, yeah, we're heading to Orb anyway. So we're going to drop you off there. And Kigali's like, well, I'd really like to say we're going to do everything we can for you and patch you up. But I have no idea what state Orb's in right now, so I can't make any promises. Yeah, because especially if there were anything, place could have been swamped. Meanwhile, Ather notices Luna's skirt blowing as she shoots <laughs> because that is so short it cannot be regulation she's having a little trouble whereas ray is just headshot 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 and I she briefly has a very anime pout it's very <laughs> good i like luna a lot and then she turns around and sees atherin kind of crossing his arms and looking smug at them it's like hey mandatory training like yeah they said might as well do it outside but you know i'm not doing great and then Luna was about to go to shoot, and then she smiles like, hey, why don't you join us? And Athrun's like, ah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to do that. And she's like, let me tell you about the legend of Athrun Zala. You see, he was born of a space <laughs> whale. In the middle of the war, you defeated the strike. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's like the, the strongest enemy. So he's like, ugh, yeah, yeah. Then you got a sweet justice Gundam from your dad. And then defected. And then you've yeah, like fought really the war single-handedly, that. right? <laughs> It's true, but I wonder how much of that was public knowledge, right? That's because like it's not something not. the military would have been saying. Hey, uh, the son of the president stole our nuke, yeah, exactly. And technically, he was a like detached unit. Yeah, that's one. what I'm yeah. wondering. Is like they probably never said that yeah, he, he basically just like deserted. Yeah, basically. Yeah, probably not. And he was, you know, fighting the naturals and defending and Duay. and alongside their other hyper top secret mobile suit, the Freedom. That is true. On board a Zaft ship. The Eternal. And uh, Luna's like, eh, I don't know fuck all about your shitty dad, but you're a hero. Because you're a badass. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I do like Athens. like, huh. Well, just because like, he's got the expression of, I mean, everything you've said so far is true, but none of it is factual. And Luna's like, I also hear you're great with a gun, especially in contrast to your best friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rosa. Them at people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't well, even realize that he's got the safety on. He puts it on on purpose so that he can throw it at people without killing them. What does Kira call his signature gun-throwing weapons? Because they can't be batarangs, obviously. Piece of rings. <laughs> y- Yama bones? <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. No, that's just for lackeys. <laughs> <laughs> Gunjectiles? That I sounds weirdly dirty to me. I does. don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I said it. And it didn't in my head, but then I said it, and I, it, it was like... None of the root words weird. are dirty, but well, somehow it's, it's like it a weird out. portmanteau between ejaculate and erection, yes. or erectile. Even though none of those are where you're coming from. That's yeah. where you end up. But now maybe they're where you're I, coming from. That's it's also a good thing I can't reach you to hit you. I just, just 
ponder Kira Yamabone. So speaking no. of all the flirting, <laughs> lots of eye contact going on between Luna and Atherin as she tries to hand him a gun. Marin is watching with rapt attention. Ray is trying to pretend he's not interested. He goes back to shooting all the sweet headshots. And Shin comes just, up to watch. Shin's trying to be on the same level of cool as Moo with having his uniform always unbuttoned, but he's never managed it. And Luna's like, hey, come on, show me my golf swing. I'm not very good at it. She knows what she's doing. And Atherin eventually like just does a soft smile. Yeah, like, fine. fine. And then he puts it on secret agent double hard mode because the others have just been shooting stationary targets, whereas Atherin's is full carnival uh, <laughs> filking mode. Also, he doesn't put on any safety equipment, so his hearing is going to be shot at and, the end of this. And he just destroys it going headshot, body shot, headshot, body shot. And Mayrin turns to look, Shin's looking, even Ray stops shooting to watch out of the corner of his eye. You're using the same gun, but what a difference. I have done this a lot. And he's even like, yeah, you tend to twist your wrist when you pull the trigger. It's going to give you a less than zero accuracy. Less than zero accuracy? (laughs) That's why your spacing is inconsistent. I was going to say, Shin damn near had a heart attack watching Atherin do this, which was hilarious. He he also almost had a heart attack when he saw Atherin just kicking the shit out of dudes on board the colony that was falling. Yeah, I... I'm kind of torn on the scene. I do like it. I think it's a little redundant in the showing Atherin's a badass with his mobile suit stuff before. But I also oh, don't actually think that's the point of this scene. No, I don't think that's the point at all. But it kind of comes off that way of just like, look how high level Atherin is. He's still that level 20 character when the point is different. And I think it can kind of muddy what the point is, which we'll get to in a minute. Anyway, Kigali's watching out the window and she's not horrified, but at least surprised to see it going on. Especially since Luna is clearly flirting with Atherin. And maybe he's just oblivious, but usually that's Kira's M.O. Atherin typically knew what was well, going on. Honestly, I think Atherin knows what she's doing, but at the same time, he's got this, like, teaching thing. So he's like, I'm going to teach you how to do this, or a little bit of pride in showing off, because he does point out it's pretty useless to be good at things like this. Yeah, that's his exact line. But I do think you're more onto it with the second point. Although he probably does not want any of these people to die if he can do anything to help it. And Luna's like, hey, I disagree. You need to protect yourself and your friends from the enemy. And Atherin's like, you know what? I had this friend one time who was like, who the fuck is the enemy? <laughs> yeah. And who is that exactly? Also, I've got a giant robot, so I'm good. And besides, we're coordinators. We can just throw guns at people <laughs> and do as much damage. I once saw a guy kill a man with some yogurt sauce. <laughs> I should introduce you to this badass who throws guns at yeah, people. Yeah, so what does Walfeld do in his retirement? Oh, we'll see. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> Coffee is involved. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm calling it right now. Destiny, great show. Coffee is involved. Atherin goes to walk back into the Minerva where Shin's guarding the door. And he's like, hey, we're heading back to Orb, I guess. Sorry, you're going to disembark? And we cut to Kira being sat on the beach. Lacus goes to try and cheer him up, which I guess is just her life now. <laughs> well, I mean, her boyfriend's depressed, so she's got to do yeah. something. You think she'd be good at, like, helping with that? What? I think, I, I think she is. It's just that if she wasn't helping Kira, he'd be catatonic with depression. What is Kira's problem? Do we ever get... Plot. Amara Ray had space PTSD. Um, yes. And was also in a funk. So Kira is, but then they decide they don't want to do anything they did with Amuro with Kira, and he magically gets different. Okay. <laughs> Plot. Okay. I, so I was wondering if it was like he's listless because he doesn't have a purpose anymore. That's kind of like... where Atherin is, as yeah. we're going to. Yeah, I'm getting that I vibe think a they're... lot more from him. I do think they're trying to draw the parallel. But... but the problem is they're not doing a very good job because Kira hasn't actually said anything or talked. He just kind of pops up on screen like. This guy still exists. He's sad. Okay, why is he not trying to do 
anything. anything. Really, he's just sad that he lives with his mom still. So whenever he and his girlfriend try to go do anything, his mom and a priest are there. And also, <laughs> there are all these children everywhere, uh, and a horror and birdie. You will notice, anytime he's just wandering around on the beach, neither of those are present. <laughs> It's just a secret beach boat out spot. And he just pretends to be sad so no one will bug them. So Shin's like, hey, are you also going to be going back to Orb? Uh, and Athens like, yeah. And Shin's like, why? What do you do there? Like, you like, just not be shot for desertion? Yeah. I was going to say, have a sweet domestic life with my girlfriend who is also the president. I feel like that's a good answer. And Luna Mari is like, damn it. I was happy. Now this is depressing. But I do think the cut back to Kira, that is very purposeful when he's asked that for sure and lacus is like a storm is coming new emoto and kira's like yeah i got a line my, <laughs> my my voice actor showed up today there's some cool waves crashing on the beach as they just look out sad see like if this show had more on the line of like there are supernatural type of elements i would think that both of them were thinking along the lines of there's actually something there but i okay i say that and they are definitely supernatural well, I just had the thought of, like, both of them, given their experience, have already kind of understood, yeah, that's not, like, it's just about to rain, which it looks like it is. But they're both talking about, like, shit's about to go down. Yeah, there's a lot of political tension that's being stoked, and that's 100% what Lackis was referring to. Yeah, like, I spoke, then my brain actually caught up to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Glad you're here with the rest of us now, Zach. <laughs> Every so often, I will catch up. So then we cut to Atherin just kind of looking kind of upset at the question because clearly he doesn't have an answer. And then we get a close-up on Ray for some reason. Well, we get a close-up on all of the Zaft But Ray crew. isn't doing anything. He's watching sternly. He's pretending he's not watching while he watches. Whereas, like, Mayron looks concerned for Atherin. Luna just looks... Uh, concerned. Yeah, concerned at, like, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to put a name to that. Mildly surprised, almost. So the episode like, ends on the door shutting on Atherin as he walks out, which is a super good shot. Yeah, which is it good. is a really good episode end. Getting back to it, I think the gun scene is there to show how competent Atherin is in this. And that like he really excels here, even if he doesn't, doesn't like to. doing it. And he kind of doesn't have anything to do at Orb, which I think is pretty effective. Although it does kind of feel like they're just trying to make him look like a badass, which we just saw last episode. When he, Zach, and Diarca destroyed an entire army while Shin watched and went, oh man, those guys are good. <laughs> I hope I can mooch off some XP by being a buddy unit to Atherin here. Maybe one day I could be that good. I mean, he did save Atherin, which is probably worth something, right? Yeah, gotta be. Get those rescue XPs. Atherin probably had enough HP to hit the ground and be fine. What is Atherin's class? And did he ever dual class? He's pilot slash secret agent. Yeah, he's picking up some levels in secret agent now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he already had some. He 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 cross-classed at the end of Seed. No, I'd say at the beginning of the seed, he did, like, that on-foot infiltration, and, like, halfway through, he did it again into orb. No, but, like, he, he cross-classed into actual well, secret agent. Well, he took two levels in soldier class. to get those two feats, because you always take two levels in soldier. Yeah, that's fair. It's just basic min-max. And then he had disguise, or was that actually Diarca? Did Diarca give them I the disguise? I think that was Nickel. Yeah. <laughs> you will notice, they didn't do any disguises after Nickel died. That's a good point. Oh, man, he was their grease man. It makes so much more sense now. I think Nickel's a bard. So what do you think of Durendal at this point? Eh, mixed. I mean, he seems like a competent politician. It didn't seem like he planned this, but it definitely seemed like he was prepared to take advantage of it once it happened. So he does not seem as conniving as I think you're implying 
that I should. Well, like I said, he's voiced by Shar Asimov in the Japanese version. So there's already expectations there. He was, you know, trying to magnificent bastard at Athern to various degrees of effect. My problem is we already also have a Shar. That's true. Well, but we also like Athern is in the role of Shar from Zeta Gun. Like full stop. But also we have another Shar. With some druggies. Which is also a thing in Gundam Seed. They split the Shar roll like six ways. But I do not have any... Like, I feel like Durundle is mostly just a really good politician at this point. I don't know what his secret motives could be. He's got a backup Lacus clan too. Which, you know, obviously. First thing you need to do as a politician is get a backup Lacus clan. (laughs) Well, he is president of Zaft, right? It doesn't hurt. Or is it chairman? Is he, it chairman or chairman? Chairman okay. is his official position. Okay, so... But that's it's the highest yeah. government seat. He is chairman of Zapt, and clearly you want your nation's most popular pop idol on call at any given point, so you have a backup. That makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it certainly does not hurt to have a pop idol who's on your side. Actually, Lacus has been living on this desert island for, like, I guess, deserted mm-hmm. island for, like, two years. Yep. How has that affected her career? Do people think she's <laughs> dead? Like, I'm very confused. Like, what's going on with her? I think it's just a matter of people are like, yeah, she retired. At the or right. like, I mean, pop idols just disappear, right? Yeah, no, that happens. They stop being popular, so they just disappear. Yeah, at about the age of like 16 or 17, which is about how old she is. See, Tyler. All right, so we got high points and low points before we can get out of here. High point, Tyler? Um, I think that exchange between Shin and Athrin when Shin's carrying the Zaku... It was yeah, just like, really good. Girls, <laughs> help me, you bastard. Would that be better? No, it's an example. It's pretty good. Zach? That's hard. Tyler took the easy one. There are actually, I think there were a number of good scenes in this. There are a, a pretty good number. It's just that one was the easy one. Um, I think I might have to go with Atherin. Actually, no, what? No. I gotta go with Luna's expressions, because Luna's expressions throughout this episode are pretty great. There is that one half-second shot where she just, like, looks over at Ray, and she's like, you bastard. L- Luna's expressions are great. Okay, I'm gonna go with Atherin and the gun range, then. Like, I did talk about it not being my favorite, because we've already seen Atherin's a badass, but, like, the reactions to it, it all plays very well, and it moves the story forward, it moves Atherin's character forward in an interesting way. Low point, Tyler? Oh, boy. I think my low point is actually all the reused combat footage of this episode. They did it twice, and it was the same footage. Why? Because Atherin's thinking about his crappy ghost dad. Yeah, I'll say bonus points for crappy ghost dad, though. So <laughs> I was actually going to say that. Zach? I think for a low point, I've got to go with, uh, at this point, Jabril, because he seems kind of one note. We're not entirely sure exactly what his deal is at the moment, and he's a little bit too over the top and like look at how evil this dude is it's weird because he's so much so more subdued than Azrael was but at the same time he just feels so much more blatant because of that he's got the, i'm sitting in my chair petting my cat looking as evil as humanly possible drinking wine while the world burns i mean there were profiteers right like but we kind of established that i mean it hasn't been established by the show but like it was pretty obvious i think anyway so i like i can see the sides that they want to play here and that's why they're complaining about derundle right because they're like oh no he's stoking peace but you need to do it like Michael Keaton and Spider-Man and show his family and how he uses all this war profiteer money, right? To like, Well, yeah, and they use it to have a sweet equestrian Yeah, they club. use it to be the 1%. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> basically. Like, they, Azrael was a rich asshole, but we never saw him, like, relishing in his money, right? <laughs> these guys, on the other hand, are playing billiards while well, wearing gloves. He also, with Azrael, he was so in your face about what he was. And, like, he was a terrible person, but it was also a terrible thing based entirely on his ideology, which is fine. Jabril seems to be, like, he's too... He's evil because he bought a cat, and he's like, this is my brand now, guys. He's he's too (laughs) subdued. Like, I'm evil because I've got to be stupidly evil for this, as opposed to, like, I've been thought out. Like, at this point, it still kind of is giving off the feeling, like, we don't actually know why this dude's a dick. He just is. What's yours, Jeremy? Uh, So Zach took the easy one, although I don't want to give it to Jabril every week, because I will. That's why this is the first time I've done it. So I'm going to go with Shadow Mystery, Lacus Klein. Just because I remember this being a lot more subtle, I don't know if it was changed in the HD version or if my memory's just faulty, but I don't remember them, like, showing, hey, Lacus is down here at this church, but also up here, what could that mean? I remember it being a little bit more subtle than that, too, but I could be but, interjecting it. Like, I remember a, what, it's gonna be a more full introduction to that character, and I remember thinking, did Lacus go to space? Like, the timeline could work. Why did, what's she doing up there? Why is she acting? Yeah, I remember having like that. that same thought, so... I don't know if it's just we're watching it a lot more closely or if this was an added shot. Yeah, so I saw nothing wrong with it because I'm like, ooh, that's mildly mysterious. So from the perspective of a naive observer, it wasn't But bad. But you're not that naive, right? Because you know there'd be two Lacuses. Well, yeah, no, I would not have said, wait, what is Lacus doing there? I'd be like, oh, that's an imposter. That's neat. I wonder what angle they're going to take well, with that. See, initially, like what me and Jeremy were talking about, we seem to remember that they were more subtle about this entire event, like, this may or may not like be that Lac- scene. Like, why is Lacus here, basically? Yeah, like if the opening didn't say to me, oh, there are going to be two Lacuses. Yeah, and the opening definitely does not say there are two Lacuses. There's just like, Lacuses. But you notice the differences dresses. if you notice Yeah. Them. If you know. Let's put something on our mobile suit list. What do we want to add? Do we want to put the high, ma- high maneuverability Gem Mark IIs on here? The black ones with the katanas? Yeah, do we think they're distinct sure. enough? I, I mean, the katanas do it for me, for sure, over the, like... Were those the terrorist ones? Yeah, the black ones. Well, the black and purple color scheme also. Really, really good. So do we think they're better than the original high maneuverability gym, which we have at number six? Gym. I like them better. I agree. The katanas especially, I think. I mean, katanas I are cooler. TV Tropes agrees. Right above that, we have the launcher strike, though. Which was our number one on the list Ooh, for a long no, time. no. <laughs> you can't beat the huge cannon. Where do all of our in-between episode suits fall? I feel like, what is the name of that crazy Vilkus show? Vilkus is number two. Yes, thank you, Vilkus. Vilkus is, well, Vilkus is the only thing above this. Okay. The Gwen is at number ten, where Launcher Strike is at number five. I right? mean, you guys already outvoted me. I haven't I, I haven't said anything about Launcher no, Strike. Yeah, the way you said it, though. The thing is, I really like how sleek the high maneuverability Gen Mark IIs are. Like, I really, really like that sleekness. I'm pretty torn on it, to be honest. Well, I'm going to have to look up a picture of the launcher strike because I can't remember which one that is. It's the one with the big ass gun. It's unbalanced with both the sword and launcher strike have, but the launcher looks more so probably because it's got a big cannon. And so I think it's a little intentional. Well, the uh, also the sword strike is a little bit more. It moves more, so it yeah. makes it feel a lot more balanced. It's also got that cool shoulder mount rocket Gatling gun. Thing. Yeah, rocket pod thing. Um, I'm probably gonna have to give it to the gin only just barely there is that giant ass gun though i mean i was saying i could be swayed i think i'm just gonna say hey let's put it together i kind of want to split up the two high mobility gins but um, but making them a block is convenient for later 
Yeah. Since we didn't do one last week, do we want to put one of the other Zakus on too? Sure. Uh, which I'm trying to remember which other Zakus. Have we have the- not done Lunamarias or Rays yet? Lunamarias right? is the Gunner Zaku. Yeah. yeah. And I would not do the Arcas as a separate one from Lunamarias. They're just different colors. Yeah, they're schemes. basically just the same thing. Uh, there's also Ezaks. Oh, yeah. Ezaks, sweet custom one that I commented on like five times because one, it's blue. Mostly, it's blue. It's also got the Gatling guns and the Halberd. Oh, yeah, I forgot it has that sweet Halberd. Oh, man. Halberd does not seem like a very Ezak weapon, though. I mean, it's melee, and a melee weapon seems right to Ezak to me. That I agree with. Halberd? I mean, it's like a Berserker weapon, right? Not that Ezak's exactly a Berserker. Yeah, and that's my problem. Anyway, which one are we actually doing? Do we want to do Ezak's? Because we don't see a ton of that one. Whereas Lunamarias, we're going to have around. Yeah, sure. Same with Ray's. I will start off saying I do not like it nearly as much as the high maneuverability gen. Really? Which is below the standard Zaku Warrior, so. Oh, well, hmm. hmm. I like it more than the standard Zaku, personally. Yeah, I think I do, too, so. Okay, right above the Zaku, we have the Justice. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no. Nope. nope. <laughs> I like the, the Justice. The Justice is damn cool, even with the awkward jetpack thing. Of course, number one and number two are not going anywhere, because <laughs> I know what both of those are. All right. I'm tempted to do another one because that was so fast, but (laughs) I don't know what it would be. So we can save some more for later. Join us next week when we will be watching episode eight, Junction. That's That's a title. title. Yeah, well, (laughs) we got to learn all about fractions and bills. High five loud enough to get on the mics. You're welcome, Tyler. (laughs) I don't remember anything about that episode. There might be uh, some lacuses. Some lacai, some lacopities, if you will. I what? think it's a Lacopides Klein. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's a correct plural, is Lacopides Klein. There are going to be some sweet civilian outfits that did not age well. Uh, yeah, no, it looks like this is going to be another very slow episode. It looks like political drama. Which we still need yeah, some for sure. slow time. I'm not complaining about it. I just, like, it doesn't sound like anything of, like, moving the plot forward happens based on that description. All right, so join us again next week when we will have to continue watching. It is our destiny.